0: Welcome to the 3-Period Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Garfield, coming from the new home of Lionel Messi in South Florida. I want to start off by thanking everyone who listened and showed support on the first episode. It meant a lot and has me excited to keep going. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, at 3PeriodPod, and my Twitter is at BrianG underscore 3. On today's pod, we will react to this week's news, including the Alex DeBrinca trade, and then I will be putting myself in Debrinkit's shoes and breaking down which teams I would be willing to take the sign and trade to. Then I will give my answer to the viral tweet by Adam Reed and give the five teams I would currently have on my no trade clause. Without further ado, let's get into this week's news. The headline for this week's news was the massive trade where Alex Debrinkit is traded to the Detroit Red Wings. Debrinkit was traded for Dominic Kubelik, prospect Donovan Sprango a first-round pick, and a fourth-round pick in 2024. This was a tough situation for Ottawa. They made the bet trading for DeBrinket, knowing this was a possible scenario. Steve Eiserman had a lot of leverage here. DeBrinket was not willing to take trades to many teams. We don't know the exact list of who he was willing to go to, but from what we know, it was Detroit and a bunch of teams that couldn't afford him. So Iserman gets away with... Murder here on this trade. He uh, sends back Dominic Kubelik, who is Ottawa's replacement for Debrinket, I guess. Um, He can probably pot 20-25 goals. Not a horrible addition for Ottawa in this trade, but um, just a downgrade from the player pretty much. Um, The first is probably near the 20s. It's not a great first, especially when they gave up a top 10 pick last year for this trade. Um, I was very critical of the Iser plan last week, but this gives you a little bit more faith in what Steve Eiserman's building. He could have easily folded here and given way too much for this trade, even when he had all the leverage, but he really stuck to it, and he made Ottawa made a deal that is very beneficial for him and his team um on the Ottawa side, I don't really hate it. um they couldn't do much more here. Like I said, DeBrinket had a very limited list, and Ottawa wasn't going to trade him to somewhere he wasn't willing to go because they wouldn't get a good return for him. So in terms of how Ottawa did here, it really wasn't that catastrophic, even though I really like it for Detroit. Um, Detroit, while this was a great trade for them, they still have some ways to go here. DeBrinket was an instant, like, Instant upgrade to their lineup. He's going to score thirty to forty goals every year, and it was like the position they really needed to fill with a with a top line winger that could put the puck in the net. Um, they still need Murray Sider and Lucas Raymond to take the next step for this rebuild to really work out. But to bring it's an added piece to their core that is like really needed, and hopefully take some of the playoffs next year. It's still going to be a really tough. Place to get in with the uh, the Eastern Conference, especially the Atlantic Division, looking the way it is. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Speaking of Detroit, Philip Zadina was placed on waivers last week, and he was term his contract was terminated mutually. Uh, Zadina lands with the Sharks. He takes a one year deal for one point one AAV. I I really like this for Zadina. A lot of people were talking about him going to a contender playing on like their bottom six, but I think this is a better move for Zadino to bet on himself. He's going to get top six minutes here. They're going to give him a shot at least. And he's going to be a restricted free agent when this deal comes up and he's going to have himself an opportunity to make even more money than the contract he lost. So I, I, prefer this way for him, going to the Sharks than you know going to a Boston, going to a Florida somewhere where he would just play bottom six. I think this is a better way for him to show off his skills and make some more money here. Uh, The Flyers re-signed Cam York and Noah Cates. They were both restricted free agents. Cam York gets a two-year deal for 1.6 mil AAV. Cam York played really well last year, actually. Um, He's gotten a lot of flack for being picked over Cole Caulfield, but he's really put up some great underlying numbers last year with Philly. Um, I think this is just a solid bridge deal for both sides here. He's a better player than 1.6 AAV already, so he's going to look to cash in on his next deal and have more proof of the player he is. Uh, Noah Cates re-signs for two years, 2.6 mil AAV. Uh Cates was one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL last year, um, by his analytical numbers. He was a hundredth percentile defensive rating. Got a few selkie votes, but not a ton. Um, Cates is like like I said with York, he's already a better player than 2.6 million AV, but this is just a bridge deal to, you know, find a better, get more proof of what his real value is for his next big contract. Sticking with the Flyers, they had some drama with their uh with their beat writers. Someone chimed in and disparaged a question being asked in an interview with um new forward garner Hathaway. Uh it was just it was funny. Um the Flyers put out a statement saying they condone they condone this and that they reached out to the member, the media member who was chirped and they made it all good with her. It was kind of funny because nobody even knew this. Ha- this happened. This was just a small little interview over Zoom, I guess, with Garner Hathaway introducing him, and uh, they put out this statement on Twitter, and everyone went and looked and go found and went and found it, and then it became a big story because they did that. They probably could have just swept it under the rug, but yeah, I found it kind of funny. <coughs> um, Alex Galchenyuk. He signs with the Arizona Coyotes on July 1st, and just a week and a half later, his contract has been terminated from the Coyotes. Um, Galchenyuk was arrested. He was caught saying some horrible things to the police officer that caught him. Uh, He just, one week with this Coyote, with the Coyotes, I guess he lives there during the summer, but it looks like he just signed for a one-week, bender and i mean jokes aside you hope well for the guy he's had some issues in the past and although his nhl career might be on the you know might not happen again he might not get another shot after this he was already on thin ice but hopefully he gets it all together and can maintain a solid career after this uh if kuznetsov officially requests a trade From the Washington Capitals. This was confirmed by their GM. Uh, Kuznetsov has been very down. From when he signed this contract. He's currently just not worth the contract right now. This is going to be a difficult trade. For Washington to pull off. And I don't really see it happening. Quite honestly. They would have to retain. And I don't know. If they're really in the position. To retain salary right now. So we'll see if some more like. Drop like some more rumblings come out about this trade request because right now I just don't see it very plausible for a Kuznetsov trade to happen. Evander Kane is back in the news having some beef with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Uh this is a group he's been really a part of for a while now, like a big part of. Um Evander Kane put out a statement saying he's leaving the HDA because he doesn't believe in their current vision and who's in charge. And then the HDA disputes his claim and say they and said they kicked him out two years ago after he declared bankruptcy because he was no longer eligible to be part of it. So Evander Kane can't stay out of the news, can't stay out of the, the bad news. So we'll see where that goes. Tony D'Angelo was bought out by the Philadelphia Flyers. Tony D'Angelo becomes the first player in NHL history to be bought out of a contract twice. Um, So we'll see where D'Angelo lands, but this is a player who's had like Evander Kane, no shortage of drama following him. Um, The Carolina trade, I guess never happened. They're still in on Eric Carlson. And I guess everyone was tired of waiting for that. So Philly just decides to buy him out. They'll be paying about 1.6 for the next two years. So not really any, penalty to Philly. They're not going to use that money anyway, and they didn't want to waste a retention spot by trading him. Tanner Janot resigns with Tampa. He signs for two years, 2.65 AAV. Um, Tampa spent a lot on Janot at the deadline to get him. They basically traded a whole draft class worth of draft picks for him. Janot didn't really get to do much there with Tampa. They only played in the first round. And Jano apparently had an injury during it, so the jury's still out on whether this trade is gonna work or not. Jano is, by underlying numbers, he's kind of a middling player. One and then one year of his career, he score, he was able to finish his chances. Last year, he was not able to finish his chances, and that's just been the difference the last two years. But Tampa has a reputation of taking these guys and. Making it work. I was actually surprised this wasn't a longer term deal because we've seen them do this. Um, th- they've signed, you know, bottom six, middle six guys, and giving them long term deals get gets their AAV down, and it makes their uh, trade worth it. So now Jano is gonna hit be a UFA at like twenty eight after this deal expires. So I'm kind of surprised this is what they did. Th- that's all our news for this week. Um, there was something about. Matias Michelli from Arizona re-signing by uh, Kevin Weeks reported it. He reported a three-year resign, but this hasn't been confirmed yet, and nobody else but Weeks has it, so we'll wait on that. That'll probably come out next week. But into our next segment, the teams I would sign with if I was Alex DeBrinckit. After DeBrinckit was moved to Detroit, it had me thinking, what teams would I sign with if I was in his situation? Um, I want to preface this by saying I'm not, I'm putting myself in Alex to situation. I'm not saying who he should have signed with, um, that he was a native Detroit boy and grew up a Red Wings fan. So it makes a ton of sense for him. I'm simply putting myself in his shoes and which teams I would take the sign and trade to first off the Florida Panthers. That's my hometown team. I've had season tickets to the team since I was born. Um, no state income tax in Florida. Best weather probably in the NHL. Um, with just on the team aspect, you're tied to Barkov and Kachuk until 2030. Um, teams had stable ownership and um, for a long time now. Uh, GM Bill Zito seems like he's done a great job. They were President's Trophy winners two years ago and then just went to the Stanley Cup Final. This is a team I would... I'd totally be willing to sign eight years with I'd be in the core with Barkov and Kachuk for those eight years and I would be making more money on my salary based on the no state income tax. It's whether I'm comfortable with because I've lived here my entire life. So number number one on my list would definitely be the Florida Panthers. I'd just like to bring it actually with Detroit, his hometown team. Second would be the Tampa Bay Lightning. I would take an eight-year deal with Tampa Bay Lightning as well. It's close to home for me, same type of weather, um, just like three, four hours away from my hometown. Again, in Tampa, it's in Florida, so no state income tax. This is also an organization that's been a top-tier organization for the last decade. Um, they have Braden Point, Mikhail Sergachev, and Chernak signed till 2030, so I'd be in that group. Uh, we talk about how you know Tampa's kind of on the downswing, and maybe short term they are a little bit, but you still have a good amount of contract years left from Vassie, Kucherov, and Hedman. We assume Stamkos, who has one year left, is going to resign probably to a shorter term deal. So you're like immediate; you're still a contender immediately, and you're now you're just going into the next core with Braden Point, Sergachev, and Chernak. So it's not really as the downswing isn't going to be as dramatic as people think those three are all signed to really solid deals Really, deals are going to be worth f- through the term of those deals. And then they have some, just some good depth pieces and they've proved they can keep re adding to that depth. So that's def- that's an organization I would sign eight years with as well. The third team I would take an eight year deal to is Carolina, the hurricanes. This is also like the other two. It's been a really good organization for the last few years they had some struggles this decade but it seems like it's really been turned around gm don waddell has been one of the better gms in the nhl he's been constantly making moves constantly keeping carolina on the top end of the standings in the eastern conference carolina has good weather not as warm as florida but it's still good it's whether I'd be comfortable living in, I'm a Florida boy, so the snow is not appealing to me at all. Uh, North Carolina only has a 5% state income tax on the lower end of the, of states, so it's not really bad. And like the other two team, you'd be in a situation where you'd have a chance to win immediately. And like those team, two teams as well, you'd be tied to good players for a long time. Carolina keeps restocking. They they're gonna re-sign Aho eventually. Slaven signed for another few years. You, it's an organization I trust that in eight years they'll still be competitive. So those are the three teams I would sign eight-year deals with. I have two more teams I would sign four years, like had signed with, um, with Detroit. The first team I would sign a four-year deal with is the New York Rangers, um, being a united states kid it's really like appealing to play for the new york rangers and i think we've seen that over the uh the course of history a lot of people take deals with the rangers just because it's like you get to be in new york city you get to play in msg you get to play for the rangers that's like that's a cool thing um they have a good chance to win right now you'd be in a contending situation right away maybe not as good as the other three teams but definitely like in the in the haunt, you're in the thick of it. Um, and I would only take the four year, I wouldn't take the eight year deal because there's some long term deals here I don't love. And there's some older players coming like that are gonna run out, they're not gonna be around for eight years. So I would take just four years before it got ugly there. I wouldn't sign an eight year deal with New York, but it'd be really cool to play at the Rangers. I would get out when I'm 29 years old and be on the, there's always a team willing to sign a 29 year old to an eight year deal. Like, so that's what I think is going to happen with the Brinket. And if I went to New York, that's what I would be looking for. Another team I'd sign a four year deal with is the Dallas stars. Um, you're tied to Robertson, Hints, and Um, It's your immediate contender. Just like every team I've talked about. Dallas has great weather. Um, whether similar to what I've grown up with, whether I'd be comfortable in. Um, Texas has no state income tax again. So Dallas is really appealing. We saw Matthew Shane just do a similar thing. He took less money to play for the Stars. Um, this is a city I'd really like to play in, and that's a, core, that's a core group of players I'd really like to play with. So Dallas is another team I would sign with. There's two more teams that I would listen to if they called the first one being the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, the tough part about the Maple Leafs is where would I fit in if I'm to bring it? Um, maybe they trade Nylander for me. Uh, they would, you would, um, sorry, Ottawa would definitely be adding to that trade, but I don't really know how I coexist with their core four all being forwards. I don't know if they can add me with my near eight million dollar salary. And the other thing is I would need reassurance that Matthews is re-signing. That that would be a like if Matthews isn't definitely re-signing, it's not a risk I would be willing to take. Um the the leafs are always appealing. It's a it's the biggest market in the league. So much attention. Um, you get a ton of ad revenue just from being a maple leaf. And if you win in Toronto, you're a superhero forever. So I would be willing to listen if Toronto could pitch me and get those two things sorted out. The other thing is the other team I would be willing to listen to is the Los Angeles Kings. Um, If they could make it work, they have some. They already had to clear a bunch of space for uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. So if I was, if they could make it work, I would listen. I would probably only take a 4-year deal there because there's some there's some issues on their books long term that I don't love. But it'd be awesome to play in Los Angeles and play for the Kings. That it's like a similar appeal to the New York Rangers but on the West Coast. Um the only you know you get way more tax over in California but better weather than you do in New York. I just I don't think they're as good of contenders as the Rangers are this current second which is why they're not a definite team I would sign with. But to start, I would sign a four-year deal with Los Angeles if they could make a trade work for me. Maybe they trade Trevor Moore. I don't know, but I could see it working. I could see me being happy there. So those are the teams I would sign with in the Brinkett situation. Again, eight-year deals I would sign with Florida, Tampa, Carolina. On four-year deals, I would sign with the Rangers and Stars. And if Toronto and Los Angeles can figure a few things out, those are teams I'd be willing to listen to too. Another team I thought about because they have such a good long-term outlook is the New Jersey Devils. The problem is I just don't see any way that's a fit. That would be, they'd have to really change some things up there that wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I'll stick with those teams for now, and we'll throw the Devils in as an honorable mention because I do think that's an appealing situation. Here I'm going to be talking about which five teams I would have on my no trade clause if I was given a five team no trade clause. This was a uh, idea brought up by Adam Reed. He had a viral tweet asking Twitter what teams he what teams you would take on your five team no trade clause, and here are mine. First, the Calgary Flames. Um, this is I'm a Florida boy, so an average winter temperature below freezing is not a exciting thing for me. That scares. That scares the crap out of me having to live in snow and live in that temperature. I don't know if I could handle that. Um, Calgary has a 15% uh, tax rate. Uh, That's the uh, province of Alberta. 15% tax rate. So if you're keeping count, that's 15% higher than Florida where I currently reside. Um, And then their books, their salaries, just looking like an absolute mess after last offseason. They have six more years of the Cadre contract, eight more years of the Huberto contract, both of those deals, those guys already look like they're not worth. And that's not something I want to be tied to. Um, and then they have, you know, Hannafin asking out, Lindholm asking out. Those are the two, like, two premier assets on the team, both asking to be traded. It's just not good vibes right now in Calgary. Probably something I would stay away from. And that's why they'd be the first team on my no trade clause. Next is the Winnipeg Jets. Just like Calgary, a below freezing average winter temperature. Winnipeg's just a small t- a small town in Canada. The complete opposite of what I've grown up with. Um, Manitoba has a 17.4% tax rate. Uh, that's incredibly high. Higher than any state in the U.S., I believe. Uh, Shifley and Hellebuck, their core players are on their way out, it looks like. They just brought in Gabe Velarde, who's a young, young asset, but that's really all that's there right now in terms of you know, young ascending assets. So that's just a team on the downswing, something I don't want to be a part of. And that's a team I would definitely have on my no trade clause set in stone. Uh, Another team, the third team here is the San Jose Sharks. Um, Nothing personal with the Sharks here. They're just kind of in the beginning stages of a long rebuild. They got a long way left to go. Uh, California has a 12.3% tax rate. That's pretty freaking high, um, and all that to be on a losing team for a few more years—not something I'm excited about. Um, fourth here is the Arizona Coyotes. This kind of speaks for itself with the, uh, you know, relocation problems, the stadium situation. You're playing in a 5,000-seat barn, and it doesn't really—we don't have a stadium plan in place yet. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to be in Arizona in two, three years. If I, if I get traded here, I could be in Houston. I could be in Salt Lake city. I could be in Quebec. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to not know. I want to be kind of understanding where I'm going to be living. So Arizona, that's a team I would have to, I would have to nix that. And last, here's the Vancouver Canucks. Um, This may be a little surprising because Vancouver is a beautiful city, very desirable place to live. But the Canucks have just proved to be a dysfunctional organization. We saw it last year with their uh, handling of the Bruce Boudreaux situation. They, you know, they fired him before he was actually fired, and he was just on the bench when everyone knew he was being fired. It was bizarre. They can't seem to figure out how the salary cap works and they keep signing these awful deals. They keep making awful trades. They're just a real inability to build good teams. Vancouver is also one of the most expensive places to live in North America. Um, There's a 20.5% tax rate there in British Columbia, as well as just the incredibly high prices of living in Vancouver. So that's why I, That's why I have to include Vancouver. And it's not even really close when I think about it. You do have, you know, you're tied to Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. But even then, when they sign, when they, when Pettersson resigns, he's going to get a massive raise and they're going to have to clear out some of their other like decent players. It's just not an organization I have faith in being very good for a long time. So that's a team I just, I'm not interested in being a part of. Those are my five teams that I would use. Let me know who you think I should have included or who you personally would have included. I obviously being a Floridian, some of the things that are important to me are income tax and weather. So maybe, you know, my, some Canadian listeners probably would have something different, but that's just for me, you know, nothing, nothing personal, these organizations and their fan bases, but, it's just those are the five teams that I just probably would be staying away from right now if I had a no trade clause. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Three Period Hockey Podcast. Make sure you follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Three Period Pod. This show is also coming out on YouTube. You can the YouTube is at Three Period Pod as well. Uh, leave us some constructive criticism. Um, all the feedback last week was totally helpful. I appreciate all of it. A lot of support from everyone. And again, I can't thank you enough for all that. Uh, Let us know. Let your friends know how you're liking the show. And I'll be back again next week. Thank you.